Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome back to The Ralph Report, a brand new show for you for a Wednesday. It is October 16th. So happy to have you back. And speaking of coming back, I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. And sitting here in the Batcave with me is, once again, returning from a long engagement, performing on the internet, the vice host himself, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for going nuts. So happy to have me back. Oh, sit down, please, folks. Eddie Pence. We were talking about it yesterday while you were gone, uh, working on a web series. Yes. Hitting it big. The uh, the huge. patented comedy stylings of Eddie Pence going to good use, <laughs> acting his ass off on the interwebs. Doing my best for your entertainment. Uh, what was the uh, What was the gig? What were you doing? It's a little uh, group. Uh, it's a web series about a group therapy, like a fan group therapy, oh. um, and it's it's sort of looking at obsessed fans in a in a way. It's it's kind of funny, but we're trying to hit some serious tones too of why people do have these attachments to fame. Yeah, man. Don't be a fan of things. Yeah, That's don't what be we say here, obsessive in, the, here fan. in the Batcave. To where it's dangerous. As I'm surrounded every square <laughs> inch plastered with memorabilia from a fictional character. Uh, Fans are idiots and weird. They are stupid. Yeah, very stupid. So, do you play like a like a dopey Star Wars fan? I, no, who I buys a lightsaber for two hundred dollars at Disneyland. Too close to home. Oh, okay. I can't go that close to home. Um, no, it's we're right now we're kind of basing off of a uh, obsessed music musician followers mm. music fans yeah obsessed music fans that's the word i was looking for um yeah it's so uh i'm uh i don't want to give anything away yet because we haven't premiered it um the whole oh, series not, it hasn't aired yet no None of it? Oh, no so wow. we're so, so people can't even go see it no not yet i'll, I'll let people know when it's out but, you're the uh, king of doing projects no one can see <laughs> i you, try to keep my work you really have undercover market cornered <laughs> You got comedy specials that people can't watch. You've got series that people can't yeah, see. That's why I'm so successful. You're like a comedy ninja. <laughs> You're out there doing it, but no one can actually catch you doing it's, it. Is he doing it or isn't he? Yeah. No one can tell. Cool. Oh, my comedy special. I'm uh, getting ready to sign some papers. So what? Yeah, hopefully we're soon. I'm just looking over some details of the contracts and whatnot. But hopefully, uh, comedy dynamics and then us can uh, work wow, together. Wow, wouldn't so. that be something? Because they got the pull. They could put you someplace. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. They have the contacts and they do a lot of work on the promotional end of it too, which is nice. Uh, how would that work? They would buy it off of you for um, uh, for an undisclosed amount of money? Or no, are you going to partnership We go into a partnership thing and when they gotcha. sell it, then when they, you know, get, we divvy up our parts and whatnot. Nice. Well, not, I'm not looking to make a lot of money on it anyway because I'm, I'm, I'm allergic to money, as my dad says. Right. Um. So I just want it to be out there and you know, I think that's at what everybody wants at this yeah. point. You just need the. They just want to watch it. You just want to watch it. Yeah, that's all I want, really, because there's no money to really be made off of it. You give it to me. I can put it up on Patreon, and you can just give <laughs> it out to that. the four star generals. Was, it's been close. Yeah. There's been close moments where I've thought of that. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're, we're happy to have you back. Carrie stepped in yesterday and did a uh, marvelous job. She killed but, it. But everybody uh, was wondering where's Eddie. So uh -huh. Eddie is back, everybody. Eddie is. Yeah, yeah. I, like it, I like it. I like it. Sometimes I work yeah. in other jobs. 
All right, we got a great show for you today. Because on the counter, you want to know why? I'll tell you why. Because, first of all, it's Wednesday. And around here, um, Wednesday is a we, uh, oh, one-hit wonder. You got that right! It is One Hit Wonder Wednesday. I guarantee. I guarantee we have a good one today. I almost forgot for a second. Another actor turned hit maker. Really? Today, yeah. You got to be running out of these. I don't have to be at all. You have to be. But I don't. How many? I've got several still. Jesus. I'm like Hawkeye. I've got a bunch of arrows in in my quiver. Quiver? Yeah. I I didn't know there was that many. Uh, we also have your phone calls, of course. Garmy on the line. We got the entertainment news. We got so much stuff to cover. I am uh, just now recovering from the other night's premiere of Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Uh, many of you probably, I'm assuming, saw it last night. Uh, Fathom Events is having screenings last night and then tomorrow night as well, Thursday night okay. also. Uh, you can go to, I think it's, um, Cinemark Theaters, perhaps, is doing Cinemark it. Cinemark does Fathom. I think AMC does Fathom, yeah, too, but I, think, I don't know. I think this might be in the conjunction Cinemark? with Cinemark, yeah. So uh, go to Fathom Events, and you can find out where you can see the movie. I saw it on Monday night, and it was just awesome. If you're a Kevin Smith fan, this truly is a movie just tailor-made for you. In fact, if you don't know Kevin's work, you may have a hard time understanding what the fuck is going on in is this. Is it sort film. of like his in game where it's a culmination Very of everything so. yes. leading up to this? It's all the characters from all the previous films. It's a lot of the uh, storylines being uh, uh, sewn up neatly. It is jam packed with cameos of people that Kevin has worked with his entire career. It really just, if you're a Kevin Smith fan, you will love this film. Not guarantee. Yeah, I guarantee. How, how was your part? Were you happy with what you did? I filled that screen for a good 17, 18 <laughs> seconds of pure comic hilarity. And it was very funny because uh, when Kevin's fans, especially Hollywood Babylon fans, see the film, I think they'll get a real kick out of my, uh, my, my cameo. However, Monday night's screening was filled with a lot of industry types. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny. It was like celebrity cameo after celebrity cameo. And they're very set up so you can tell you're supposed to like, oh, there's that guy. They, they give you right. these moments. And then I did mine. And you can tell everyone in the room was like, I feel like I'm supposed <laughs> to know this guy. And yet for no no real, no way. I mean, I'm just not ringing a bell in any way. But I felt good about it because my bit still got a laugh, even with the room See, not knowing. Who you didn't I was. get the uh, the uh, the laugh of the people who are expecting. To no, get I the didn't laugh. get the recognition. Yeah, you laugh. get the recognition laugh. I actually, you had, earned your laugh. I actually had to create a uh, a beat there that actually yeah. got a laugh. You so. earned your laugh. That's the laugh that's hard to get. Kevin and I spoke afterwards about that. He's like, "You got an actual laugh. Like it's a really earned laugh. It wasn't just like, oh, look, it's you know Jason Lee right. from Mallrats or something." So yeah, that felt good. And then I proceeded to get so drunk. <laughs> That uh, my liver still isn't talking to me today, but uh, it's in the room though, right? I don't know. I haven't seen it lately. He might have packed a bag and hopped a freight train like a hobo. I'm out with a pack over his shoulder on a stick, eating beans out of a can. I don't know. Uh, but before we get to any of the stuff in today's show, we do have another Ralph Report Citizen of the Week. Really? And you know how I love the Citizens yeah. of the Week. This uh, this award this week is being given posthumously, as they say. Uh, today's Ralph Report Citizen of the Week is Shay Bradley from Dublin, Ireland. Shay is no longer with us. Shay died on October the 8th, but he is still this week's Ralph Report Citizen of the Week because what he did on his way out. Do you know the story? I, I read the story. <laughs> 
goddamn beautiful what Shay Bradley did. For those of you who don't know, Shay was terminally ill for about a year before he passed on the 8th of this month. And so he knew he was going out and he wanted to make specific plans for his funeral. He had a chance to plan his own funeral. <laughs> so there he was uh, at the cemetery surrounded by those who knew and loved Shay. And as they were lowering him into the ground, well, I'm going to play the audio for you. This is what the mourners, as they surrounded the gravesite, heard as the coffin was being lowered into the ground. Hello? 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 Yeah, Shay Bradley always loved to make his friends and family laugh, and this was his final shot at giving them a laugh on the, the last day they were going to be surrounding him, and it was goddamn brilliant. It is brilliant. This is a way to go out. You call your own shot. Man, that was really spectacular. So uh, about, um, I guess about a year before his death, he got together with his, his, uh, his son, Jonathan, and nephew, Ben, and they put together that recording, and they, he made them promise that they would play it at the funeral. And so two days before the funeral, Jonathan told his mother and the other siblings what was going to happen. And so they all knew it was that they were in on the immediate family was in on it, but it was the rest of the friends and family that had gathered to mourn Shay Bradley that got that little extra yeah. laugh at the end. I so. think you got to tell the fan, the close family that yeah. that's about to happen. Yeah. Otherwise it could be, otherwise mom might be, her nose might be a little bit of joint as she's yeah. burying her husband. <laughs> then you start to play a uh, hilarious comedy chunk yeah. from Shay Bradley. So Shay, in Dublin, Ireland, where the fuck am I? As he said inside the box, <laughs> you are absolutely this week's Citizen of the Week. All right, now it's time for you guys, the Garmy. We love it when you reach out to us, whether you uh, do it via email or on our social media. You can also leave us a voicemail message. We love that because we can play it here for everybody else. It's very simple. You just have to use the Ralph Report hotline, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's available to you. You just need to call the number 1833. Hi, Ralph. Oh. <laughs> Love to hear from you. It's 1833. It's Hi, Ralph, in case you couldn't hear that one. I'm starting to distort it beyond all recognition, <laughs> my fear is. It's like the Swedish chef, the thing. <laughs> Love it when you call. I listen to each and every voicemail message. I grab a couple. And we put him here at the top of the show in a segment that's called Lovingly Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's going to play your calls now. And see what's on your mind. Blah, 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 blah. As uh, Carrie and I mentioned yesterday, we're getting so many new Garmy members this month. It's awesome. We've got this special offer running where if you upgrade to a four-star or you join as a four-star, you get the uh, the deep dive tour of the Batcave here with me and my buddy Kevin Smith. You get the uh, 8x10 autographed. You get all the other perks that come with being a four-star general. So we've getting, we're getting a lot of new members this month, That's which awesome. is awesome. So welcome to all the new Garmy members. But it made me realize, especially this phone call from Rich, that... With new people jumping on board, we might have to refresh 
some of the segments, fill people in on what's going on so they can understand the show a little bit better. Rich had some questions, so I think it's time for a little reset. Hey, Ralph, it's me, Rich Morrissey, calling from uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Just wanted to uh, just wanted to know the new uh, four-star general, uh, and I just wanted to know the history of what's the LME, L- LMB, I think it is. And um, uh, I also just tried out, uh, I never had Jack Daniels before, so I just had uh, some Jack Daniels. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I can see why you like it. And uh, my other question is, how did you... Uh, how did you and Eddie Pence meet? Thank you. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Rich, welcome to the Garmy. You said love you, mean it. Bye at the end of your phone call. Uh, that's what it means, sir. LMB stands for love you, mean it. Bye. And we've just abbreviated it to LMB. And then early on in the show, <laughs> I signed an email to one of our listeners, LMB, thinking he would know the abbreviation. And he thought I was telling him to lick my balls. He was very upset with me. And so now LMB can mean pretty much anything you want it to mean. We've gotten all different kinds of answers with that, with that code. But uh, primarily it means love you, mean it, bye, Rich. Uh, yes, Jack Daniels, I'm glad you tried that. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah! Because there's nothing better than Jack, trust me. On Monday night, I found that out the hard way. It was so, it was, this is a mistake I made. Well, I do? went to see... The movie yeah. at the Chinese theater, and they've got a bar in the lobby at the Chinese yeah, theater. They do. So, I, you know, I'm going in for 90 minutes. That's a lot of drinks. You can't <laughs> sit through that movie dry. So I did grab three Jack Daniels and sodas in those little plastic cups, and I carried them to my oh, seat. Oh, you had three? So I had three during the movie. Were they heavy pours? Yeah. And then after the movie, of course, was the after party, and I got to the party at Yamashiro, which is a really beautiful, classic L.A. Re- restaurant here in town. And they had an open bar, naturally, but they didn't have Jack Daniels. The only thing they had that was brown was scotch, and I don't really drink scotch. So I had to start, I had to switch over to vodka on the rocks. So with three Jacks in me and then an evening full of uh, vodka on the rocks, I think that's what really did the damage. It was the mixture more than it, it was the amount. Yeah. But I'm still paying for it. <laughs> How about if they'd had the little pills of Jack Daniels? Would no. You, take, you would have taken I those? I wouldn't have eaten Jack Daniels Tide Pods. No. <laughs> and uh, lastly, how did Eddie Pence and I meet? We met years ago at a comedy club called the John Lovitz Comedy Club, which was owned, as you can imagine, by John Lovitz from Saturday Night Live. Asshole, thank you. <laughs> Who was a total douchebag. Yes, he was. And uh, that's where Kevin Smith and I, for, for a couple of years, performed Hollywood Babylon. The only thing that sold that place out. We were the only sh- act there that ever had an audience. Yeah. I, and I would see Eddie show up to do either the late show after Hollywood Babylon or some other night and have to play to a crowd of five people. <laughs> At best. It was At best. grim. Oh, man there and uh so eddie uh, would just hang out and uh we had mutual friend gabby zamora who was the manager of the club at the time and so uh that's uh that's how we met yeah, and you, then you brought me on the radio show to promote a show oh, i was doing right. love it's yeah, club yeah. and uh kind of went after that and then uh eddie also got to be uh the opening act for one of our comedy shows for the radio net for the radio station and so we just became pals and then when i was doing this thing i said um Initially, maybe I'll do it by myself and just have a different sound because I do all my other stuff with other people. Maybe this will be just like a solo flight thing. That was not good. So I said, I need somebody. I need somebody to uh, hang out with on the microphone. And so I said, Eddie, what are you doing? He's like, I'm free. <laughs> I said, why don't you come on over and sit in? And it worked. And so he's been doing it ever since. Yeah. But now that he's doing 
web series and comedy specials and other podcasts. It's just a matter of time before no, he's out. This is my favorite. This yeah. is the one that started it all. I appreciate it. So that's how we met uh, Ray, uh, Rich rather. And thanks so much for uh, calling in and thanks so much for joining. We appreciate Welcome it. Welcome aboard. Ray called in with a fascinating question. Well, first of all, the whole phone call is fascinating. I learned something from this phone call. Hi, Ralph. This is Ray, four-star general from Ireland, originally from Canada. Uh, my question is a, where did it come from? I was reading a news article. It was about the Women's National Hockey League, or I think it's the NWHL, and they're on strike, so they have replacement players. And it's called scabs when a replacement player sort of crosses the picket line. Yes. Where did that term come from? Where do we get the term scab from for workers who come in to replace other workers? Uh, love you, mean it. Bye. It's a great question. That is. Great question. Why do they call strike breakers scabs? But let's back up a minute. There's a professional women's hockey league? I didn't know that. What? How did, I had no idea. I would love to watch one of those games. And then there's enough, apparently, female hockey players out there that they can have replacements coming in to play <laughs> right. for, the, for the players that are striking? There's enough for a whole league, and there's enough to replace the whole league. That's stunning it's amazing. I had no idea. <laughs> Uh, that's a great question, Ray. I'm glad you asked. Luckily, we have a segment here that can handle just such a thing. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Yeah, scabs. Why do we call them scabs? Well, interestingly enough, the first use of the word scab dates back to 1250. Really? Yes, 1250. Don't you need workers' unions to have scabs? Well, here's the thing. It it eventually got applied to the uh, people who crossed the picket line. But initially, the scab was just a reference to any disease of the skin. Oh. Now, of course, we use it now as the as the hard crust that forms over a wound when you skin your knee or something. Yeah. It, it, it scabs up. But it, by the 1500s, they had taken that term of using diseases of the skin. It had a secondary meaning in England in the 1500s as a slang insult for someone who was a low scurvy person, a rascal, a scoundrel. It drew the connection between a person and scabs because in the 1500s, the majority of the people who had scabs had sores from syphilis. Ugh. And so someone who was a low life, who was a disgusting creature would be covered with these scabs from venereal disease. And so oh. they would <laughs> reference the person as a scab, not just what he had on his skin. What a time to be alive. Yes. And then by the 1700s, when laborers and labor unions came into fashion, uh -huh. Eddie, as you mentioned, uh, the laborers who would be on strike would call the people who would cross the picket line scabs as a further version of the insult that was being used. Oh, like you're a low life, you're a scumbag. Exactly. If, you were to, if you're the lowest of the low, if you were to cross uh, the picket line and, and take a man's livelihood while he's fighting for better wages and right. conditions. And uh, it also applied because there was um, many people, uh, labor leaders of the time, who would talk about the uh, the body labor, like all the the people who were workers in a in a factory made up one body, and so it was important to have that um, solidarity and everyone to stick together. And if someone were to come along and cross that line, it would be like having a scab or a lesion on the body of uh, the okay. laborer. So it, uh, it applies in many ways, but it just means a scumbag, somebody that you hate. It could have been anything and just scab and scab stuck because hmm. it's really a gross word. And, it is. And it defines it. So there you go. That's where it came from. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Oh, fucking no.
And lastly, speaking of learning things, Nick called in. We taught Nick something yesterday. Carrie and I were on hand for TV Tunes Tuesday, and it was the Golden Girls theme oh, song. Oh, man. Yeah. Thank you for being a friend. Love that sitcom. So um, we had we had that uh, theme song for yesterday's show, and Nick, while we were describing Golden Girls, learned something right here from the Ralph Report. Keep in mind, for as little as 15 cents a day, <laughs> we can give you this kind of education. <laughs> Hey, Ralph, it's Nick again. So today you said that The Golden Girls is a situation comedy. Yes. And that's actually the first time uh, that I learned what sitcom means. Because I was a child of the 90s. Mm -hmm. I grew up with friends and how I met your mother and married with children. Right. And in all those series, all the characters were usually sitting down. So I thought that sitcom <laughs> meant comedy where everyone was sitting a sitcom. So, if I may, I'll propose a new segment to the Ralph Report called What Was I Thinking? Yes. Thanks, guys. <laughs> LMB. Thank you, Nick. Nick thought they were called sitcoms because all the actors primarily sat while they were making jokes. I, I can't laugh because that's probably something I would have thought of. It's it, He's not wrong. <laughs> no, he's Friends, not. God damn it! if they ever stood up, it was a rarity. <laughs> they would sit on that couch in that coffee shop and crack wise. I mean, Cheers was everyone sitting at everyone a Everyone sitting. When you think about it, there's a lot of sitting that goes on in sitcoms. You could see why he would make that leap. But uh, what the hell was I thinking? I think maybe a great idea for a new segment. Nick, thanks so much for calling. And thanks to everybody who did. You too can be featured here on Garmy on the Line. But you got to take that first step. You got to call me. Call me. Around. It's the number everyone's talking about. Call me. Right now. At one eight three three. Hi, Ralph. Call me. All right. Now it's time to take a look in the rearview mirror as we find out what happened October 16th. This day in history. Ralph's about to solve another mystery Like is today the day some dude invented Listerine Or maybe a tyrant king married his sister queen Who knows, every day seems to be an anniversary The Garmy's rubbing Ralph's lamp So grant our wishes, please And tell us what went down this day in history On this day in 1813, it was the Battle of Leipzig 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 That's the largest battle in Europe prior to World War One, So uh, before World War One came along, this was the all-time leader in the biggest battle. It was Prussia, Austria, and Russia against Napoleon. Ooh. And um, Napoleon's forces uh, were defeated by Prussia. Was that the final battle? Austria, I believe it was. was defeated oh, No, Waterloo would Waterloo be. Waterloo was, yeah, that's yeah. where he died, right? Well, not a, died, but that's yeah, where he that's where was he, defeated. He was defeated, yeah. Uh, 1829, the Tremont Hotel became the first U.S. modern hotel in Boston, Massachusetts. It was the first modern hotel in the U.S. where you could get a room for $2 a day and the meals were included. It was also the first hotel to have indoor plumbing with toilets and rooms uh, with a bath in the basement. But that didn't come along until 1869. So for 40 years, you had to go outside to go to the bathroom wow. at the good old Tremont Hotel. In 1846, dentist William T. Morton demonstrated the effectiveness of his new technique for knocking people out so he could work on their on their teeth. Ether. Ether. Yeah, you put ether in a rag right. or you put it on a thing and you put it in somebody's face and they breathe in the vapors right. and boom, out. That's how you kidnap people. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> or work on their teeth. Or work on their teeth. Can you imagine what dentistry was like <laughs> in the 1800s? Mm -mm. I would let my teeth rot you out You would have to. Head. 
I would not want them messing with me on any level. They probably use the same implements they used for like putting shoes on horses and stuff. Oh, is the kid, and I doubt they cleaned them. The dentist <laughs> well. and the blacksmith were probably the same guy, I'm assuming. What a nightmare. That's how many people probably died from heart disease just because they didn't get their teeth taken True. care of. 1847, Charlotte Bronte released her book, Jane Eyre, was published on this day in 1847. In 1848, the first U.S. homeopathic medical college opened in Pennsylvania. Homeopathic medicine, I think there's some good to it, but I think a lot of it is chicanery, is bullshittery. Yeah, I don't know if you could live your whole life with homeopathic. No. I think, oh, just eat this root and yeah, you know, I think, cure your herpes. I don't buy it. <laughs> uh, touching me. In 1875... Brigham Young University was founded in Provo, Utah by the Mormons, of course. Brigham Young started that himself. Brigham Young and Brigham Often, I used to say about Brigham Young University. <laughs> and 1913, George Bernard Shaw's play Pygmalion premiered in the Hofburg Theater in Vienna, Austria. Pygmalion, of course, famously, years later, would be made into a musical. Eddie Pence for 20 points. What was that musical? Pygmalion. Pygmalion was the play Pygmalion? by George Bernard Shaw. Then they took that famous play... And they set songs to it, and they came up with one of the most famous musicals in, in Broadway history. Cats. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. No, I'm sorry. The answer we're looking for was My Fair Lady. My no Fair idea. Lady sprung forth from Pygmalion. Not my wheelhouse. No, it's not. In 1916, Margaret Sanger opened the first birth control clinic in the United States on Amboy Street in uh, Brooklyn, New York. 1916, she started basically Planned Parenthood. She was the uh, the mother of Planned Parenthood. Very forward-thinking person. She would never stop throwing up if she would see what's happening oh, to Planned Parenthood. Insane. Now. It's ridiculous. In 1923, two young brothers started their first cartoon studio together. Those boys were named Disney, and the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio was founded on this day in 1923. Hmm. Only heard of one. 1925, the Texas School Board prohibited teaching students evolution. Oh. They wanted to make sure that they didn't get those crazy ideas. I like in how their they heads. prohibited it. Just yeah. didn't, okay, don't teach your your magic stuff along with evolution, but just prohibit evolution. Yes. Just to deny it ever happened. Science exists whether you want it to or not. Nope. Not in Texas. Uh. 1925. Texas. On the cutting edge of stupidity since 1925. <laughs> I think that's on their license plate, I think. <laughs> 1931. Oh, I love this story. Here's another million dollar idea, people. Here you go. I'm going to tell you a story, and you're going to say, first of all, how is that not a movie yet? And secondly, you're going to say, how can I sign up to make this a movie? Right. 1931, Winnie Ruth Judd murdered two of her friends and then dismembered one of them oh. in Phoenix, Arizona, and tried to get rid of the bodies by getting on a train to Los Angeles, and she had the bodies in the luggage. What? Yes. They were known as the Trunk Murders. Oh. Famously in 1931, and she was known as the Trunk Murderess. Wonder, did she get all the way to L.A.? Or did uh, they stop her in Arizona? Uh, when the blood started to come out of the uh, suitcases, <laughs> gotta, they knew gotta, something was up. You got to drain the blood. You right? Come on. You cut Winnie? it up, you got to drain the blood. Wait, yeah. a, wait a day. Yeah, the, uh, the press had a field day with this case because she was a very attractive 26-year-old girl. And... Um, it was, you ever see the movie Chicago, the musical Chicago? Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's okay. a, you know, I think that a lot of it was based on this. But um, she was found mentally incompetent after she was found guilty. She was sentenced to death. Then that sentence was repealed because she was found mentally incompetent. She was committed to the Arizona State Asylum for the Insane 
Over the next three decades, she escaped from the asylum six times. Oh, my God. Her final escape during the 1960s, she remained at large for over six years and was working under an assumed name for a wealthy family as a maid. So she was fit to stand trial. Yes. If you can go through all that, you're you're smart enough there in the head. She was ultimately paroled in 1971 <laughs> and then discharged from parole in 1983. From yes. hacking up people and putting them in the suitcase? Just two, and she knew them. It was a crime of passion. Oh, she panicked. Man, our legal system is awful. Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating story. Very good chance you can read about the trunk murders. Uh, online. In 1936, female pilot Jean Batten reached Auckland, New Zealand after flying solo from Kent, England in a in record time. It only took her from New Zealand to England 11 days and 45 minutes to get there. Oh my God. I don't want to do anything for 11 days. No. Let alone fly by myself. Oh my. Oh. In 1940, Benjamin Oliver Davis Sr. became the first African-American to become a general in the U.S. military in 1940. 1950, on this day, the first edition of C.S. Lewis's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was released in London. In 1972, rock band Creedence Clearwater Revival broke up, but they'll be with us always in the soundtrack to every Vietnam movie ever made. It's a law <laughs> in the United States that you can't make a Vietnam movie without Creedence Clearwater CCR. Revival music in it. Let me, for now, I'm going to paint you a picture. This is every Vietnam movie you've ever seen. First, you need this. You got a lot of soldiers smoking dope and like painting peace signs on their helmet. Then you need this. Hanging out the side of a chopper, looking down on rice patties. We're in the shit now, man. There's no way we get out of here alive. Private, I don't want to hear you talking like that. Sorry, Sarge. I'm just scared. We're all scared. Right? I don't know why you don't write a movie. Every, I really don't know. Every why you don't. Vietnam movie ever. Don't really know why you don't has write a that movie. Scene. 1979, speaking of writing things, the comedy sketch show, Not the 9 O'Clock News, debuted on BBC Two. If you've never seen this show, so goddamn funny. Rowan Atkinson, Mel Smith, Pamela Stevenson, uh, one of the great British comedy shows from 1979. Also in 1979, the first global telenovela was aired out of Mexico. Hmm. Los ricos también lloran. What does that mean? It means the rich also cry, <laughs> Eddie. <laughs> And it was the first global <laughs> telenovela, which, of course, is a Mexican soap opera. And it was a huge success, becoming the second foreign series to be screened in the Soviet Union. They even had it in Whoa. the Soviet Union. If you can get it over there. Because they like watching rich people cry in yeah, the Soviet that's Union true. because of communism. 1981, Harvey Firestein's Torch Song Trilogy premiered in New York City. My voice is a little bit like Harvey Firestein today. I feel like it's ve it's very much like Harvey. <laughs> I was screaming. You know, when you go to these parties, when you go to the uh, the the, uh, the premieres, at not only are you drinking a lot, but it's so loud. Well, everybody's talking. You're talking like this all night long, and I my for the past 24 hours, my voice has sounded yeah. like a frog. In 1985, Intel introduced the 32-bit 80386 microcomputer chip, changed the way we computed forever. Yeah. Intel. Love those chips. It's the beginning of the end. It is. 18, it's like Skynet. It is. Began on that day in 85. In 1987, little Jessica McClure 
fell into a well. Do you remember Jessica? Oh, yeah, baby Jessica. Baby Jessica. Yes. She fell into a 22-foot deep well shaft, and she was rescued rescued rather 58 hours after falling in. Wow. That had the country by the short I hairs. remember that. Everybody was just staring at their television sets, just desperately hoping that this adorable little baby would be rescued in time. It's crazy it took 58 hours to get a baby out of a well. Yes. <laughs> Why? Why is that crazy? Well, that's a long time. You can't just. Well, how are you going to do it? The kid, the kid can't hold. Here, grab the rope. She was a baby. It's she just know like what to the. Do. It's like the uh, the machine at the, the at the Denny's with the claw, and you the pick up a stuffed animal. Yeah, Denny's. Just wheel a claw machine over. So just, <laughs> just put some steel spikes through her head and just pick her up by the cranium put, and like, lift her. You wrap up. some socks around the ends. The problem was the well some was tennis only balls. about as wide as a baby, so no one could get down there. No one could reach her. Oh, they had to they had man. to dig and dig and dig and try to get in from the side of the well. And just everything. seems like a long time. Oh yeah, if you had been there, it would have been all fixed. I would get a claw machine. Get a claw machine. Put some tennis balls on it. Lower it down there. You bring a lot of dollars because it's going to take a while. And I'm a I'm a champ at those, by the way. <laughs> Are you? I crush at the really? claw machine. My kid loves me at the claw machine because I'm always snagging major prizes. I never won. Oh, really? Never won. Never won. Never won. Colton did it one time and he won. <laughs> and I said, "No more. You're done. <laughs> You're this is this is it. You walk away. Enjoy that victory. Walk away. You'll never win again at this stupid bet thing. Bet in a thousand. Walk away. <laughs> All right. You know, I like to save the food-related days in history for the end because Eddie Pence, man, sometimes he eats things, but not very often. Oh. And so, what I like to do is describe a perfectly delicious food and see if he eats it. I pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If three of the items come up on the reels, that means he eats it and we all celebrate. <laughs> but more often than not, only two of the items come up and then it's just sad. I can't be blamed for the bug thing two days ago. I That's got bugs. an email from a listener who said tarantula, by the way, tastes like crab. I'll never know that. You should know that because you... we're all going to be eating no, it in we're about not. 20 years. Mm. When the when the waters rise and we're all living in water world, trust me, nope, you're be no, no, I told you what I'm doing during the apocalypse. I know. I'm taking myself out. All right. On this day in 1384, we're going back Whoa. to the 1300s. On this day in 1384, Jadwiga was crowned the king of Poland despite being a woman. Jadwiga. Can you imagine? The, the, the women were treated better in the 1300s than they were in the <laughs> early 1900s. Yes, she was a woman, and still they made her the king of Poland. Jadwiga was her name, which leads us, of course, to the great country of Poland. Please never forget, boys and girls, that Poland and the people of the Poles, the Poles, <laughs> the Poles from Poland. Are they Polacks? How dare you? Is that what you call them? You call them Poles. Really? Yes. I thought it was Polacks. That is a derogatory term, is it? sir. Yes. I didn't know that. The Poles. It's really? Yes. I thought that's what they were called. They are the Polish people. Right. Yes, they're Poles okay. or the Polish. I, I apologize. Polacks. I'm now growing as a person because I thought they don't were. Don't you call Italians WAPs? Isn't that what no, they call No, that, I know that's, that's derogatory. That's the official name, I think. No, it's not. I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. And the Irish are the mix. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, man. I did not know. I honestly did not know. I apologize. Did you know that Polish mm -hmm. is the only word you can change its pronunciation by taking away its capitalization? Polish? Mm-hmm. Huh. How about that? Wow. Little as 15 cents a day. That's the kind of knowledge you can get from this show. Okay! All right? Okay. Anyway, back to Poland. Oh, man. 
where the poles are. Oh, poles. Got it. Never again. The uh, national dish of Poland is the food we're going to be talking about. The, okay. The, the delicious. This is legitimately one of my favorite ethnic foods. Really? The pierogi. The pierogi is basically a, uh, a dumpling that is wrapped with unleavened dough, usually like noodle dough. And then it is uh, filled with something delicious, usually potato or sauerkraut or ground meat or cheese. And then it's boiled in order to cook it. And then they top it with sour cream. Oh, the pierogi, one of my favorite delicacies. You know, there's a lot, there's a big Polish um, citizen base in Philadelphia. We've got a lot of Poles yeah. in Philly. And I had a friend who used to live downtown and we would go to his f family's gatherings and man, the pierogies that his mother would make were just out of this world. Really? One of my favorite foods, the pierogi, the national dish of Poland. Is that something Eddie Pence would eat or not? Let's find out by pulling the patented, the handle rather, of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. Here we go. I got one pierogi, two pierogi, three pierogies, Eddie Pence is eating pierogies. I did not see that coming at all. You eating pierogies? Thought, without the sour cream. I don't like uh, sour you cream. You gotta put the sour cream. No, you don't. On. I don't like sour cream. Oh, so good with but, the sour cream. I like a ground beef pierogi. Yeah, they make them with beef. They beef. can make them with turkey, chicken, turkey, sauerkraut. Good. Put a little sauerkraut. No, in we're there. not going that way. A little uh, cabbage. No. Cheese. They make cheese pierogies. Mm, oh my god. Probably not. You're the worst. But I'll do a meat pierogi. Yeah, yeah I bet you will. <laughs> so look at that. No cream. I'm surprised that you would eat a pierogi. Yeah. It because the outside's kind of doughy. It's I a little be doughy. Like, oh, it's, it's, like, a... <laughs> it's like biting into an arm or one of your usual weird analogies. <laughs> it's a little doughy. I'm not. It's not a, a favorite food of mine, but I've eaten one and I've enjoyed it. Well, we'll just gonna have to take the win. Why not? And that's it for today's This Day in History. I pity the fool who ain't been schooled by Ralph recently. He's dropping college-level knowledge with such accuracy. It got my head spinning faster than a drunk Eddie. And I'm rocking the back and track with a rap like a bad celebrity. I hope Cooperman loves my beats, because that rhymes with LMB. And that's a wrap for the Ralph Report today in history. 15 cents a day, y'all. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to the Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Now it's time for all the entertainment news in a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. Oh, I, I completely buried the lead. I was so excited about you coming back to work today on the show. <laughs> you were? Yes, okay. because of when I went to the party yeah. for Jay and Silent Bob reboot for the premiere. Yeah. Guess who I was hanging out with with a big chunk of, a big chunk of the evening? Who? Chris Jericho. Oh, really? Who apparently turns out as some sort of wrestler. It's a huge wrestler. He's the AEW champion right now. Apparently he had done some wrestling. Yes. He, that's his line of work. I was He's not huge. aware of that. And he has a rock band, Fozzie, just opened for Iron Maiden in Los Angeles a couple weeks there ago. There you go. I figured you'd probably be excited yes. by that. Yes. He's a great guy. Very nice guy. And uh, we chatted quite a bit. It turns out he's a big Hollywood Babylon fan. Nice. Who yeah. Knew? Who knew? 
There you go. There you go. He's a fan of you. He's in the movie. He's in the Chainsaw Bob yeah. reboot. Yeah. So he was just on my other show that I do. Oh, there you go. Yeah, as a guest. Yeah. So. Did you party with him? No. Oh, okay. I drank a five-hour energy with him. Oh, that's partying. It was for 10 a.m. For you, that's that, that is pretty partying for me. All right, let's take a look at all the entertainment news, uh, starting with this, an update about my favorite story. You know which one? It's Operation Varsity Blues. I don't want your life. Yesterday, Felicity Huffman turned herself in to do some time. <laughs> 14 days. 14-day sentence for her role in the college admissions bribery scandal. She arrived at the Federal Correctional Institution in Dublin, California yesterday, hmm. just outside of San Francisco. And she'll be locked down for the next two weeks. In her cushy one-bedroom hotel room? Yeah, I bet it's club fed, right? Yeah. She just will be out there playing tennis and uh, yeah. throwing horseshoes. No way she's in general population. Nope, you're absolutely right. Speaking of celebrities and crime, Cuba Gooding Jr. pled not guilty to more allegations of sexual abuse yesterday. He was in court facing a four-count indictment, not only on his current accuser that we all know about, but there's a second accuser now that says uh, Cuba pinched her ass without her consent. Hmm. She confronted him on the spot. Cuba said, I just pinched you on your back. And uh, anyway, she's now making claims that he made a sexually suggestive remark to her earlier that same night. Oh. So it's that and a forced touching, a charge of forced touching. Now, here's the thing. Twelve other accusers have now come forward. Oh, my God. I'm starting to think maybe where there's smoke, there might be fire. He gets a little handsy when he gets drunk. That's what it's starting to sound like to me, especially when you read the accounts of these other 12 women. It, it sounds like something a guy who's sloppy would do. Yeah. Let yeah. me read you some of them. One of them happened at the Yard House down in Long Beach. While taking a photo with her, she claims that Cuba squeezed her butt, saying to her, you've got a good piece of ass. Mm. There was another girl at a Hollywood bar called uh, Chi back in 2006 saying he bit her shoulder a couple of times, thrusted his pelvis against her leg, and tried to lift up her skirt. Another accuser says in an unnamed Los Angeles bar, she uh, she was walking by him. He grabbed her arm, placed, placed his hand inside her blouse, and Ooh. squeezed her breast. No. Then he whispered into her ear, sit on my face and pee in my mouth. He said, <laughs> okay, I didn't... I didn't see that one coming. I didn't either. That's <laughs> not a, it's not on the menu. Not for me. Uh, Cafe Havana in Malibu. A woman claims Cuba Gooding Jr. reached under her skirt and touched her vagina uh, over her underwear. Oh, no, no. Yeah. So uh, a lot of women saying he did a lot of gross things a lot of times when he was a lot This loaded. sounds like just a drunk guy being very inappropriate. It sounds like this is a uh, habitual yes. pattern for him, and this is what he does. He gets juiced up, and then he starts just getting handsy because he thinks he's a movie star and he can do whatever yep. he wants. Kind of like that guy in the bus with the uh, Billy Bush reporter. Yeah, like that, that guy. guy. You know, when you're famous, you can just do it. They yep. let you. So uh, we'll see what happens. Hey, your favorite rapper's in the news. Eddie Pence. Yay! Cardigan Backyardigan. Pussy Braven! Pussy Braven! You want a yeast infection, bitch? Pussy Braven! You got me fucked up. Uh, as we mentioned this week, it was her birthday, and her man Offset gave her a, a huh? quite quite a uh, <laughs> quite a present. Yeah, a twenty carat Don't. diamond no. ring. Twenty uh. carats. What? what the is... diamond has been dubbed the Titanic diamond God. for its size Lord. and its similarity to the heart of the ocean rock from that movie. 
it's complemented by a band of smaller diamonds that total 25 carats. So it's one rock that's 20 carats and then smaller diamonds that total 25 Jeez. carats. The smaller diamonds are bigger than the diamond I have on my wife's hand. What do you think? How much? For 20 car 25 carats? How much is that ring? What did Offset pay for the $200, ring? $200,000? $1 million, Eddie. It's that much? It's a seven-figure ring. Shit. It's a $1 million diamond ring. That's stupid. I hope they go broke so badly. Oh I want my them God. eating out of dumpsters at some point in their lives. I hope they lose it. I hope she loses it. I hope it. they lose all of their money. <laughs> million dollar diamond ring. Fuck, in oh this day and God. age with people struggling and they, oh, fuck yeah. off. Casting news, we didn't get a chance to talk about this. Happened over the weekend. Uh, Catwoman, we got a new Catwoman for the I new Batman it, movie. Zoe Kravitz is going to be the new Catwoman. Uh, it's pretty cool. She's, uh, she's a very feline actress, so I think it's going to work out well. Of course, she joins Robert Pattinson, who will be the Batman. Jeffrey Wright is going to be playing Commissioner Gordon. And Jonah Hill, apparently in talks to play a yet unnamed villain for it's the gotta movie. It's got to be the Penguin, right? got to be. Who else? Here's what they're going to do, though. They're going to fuck this movie up by putting too many villains in it. Anytime yeah. you do a superhero movie and you put in too many villains, it's a guaranteed fuck up. Yeah. You remember Spider-Man was three. It three with Tobey Maguire? Sandman, Venom. My God. And you like, had uh, Green Guy. 47 different like, villains stop. in it. And I always remember the Green Lantern movie with Ryan uh, um, Reynolds. Reynolds. They had Parallax. They had Sinestro. They had Hector Hammond. Oh, it was just... It's a nightmare. You, can, it, you can't write that story. It's madness. Just write one one protagonist, one antagonist, and make a good story. Just pick a villain, goddammit. Make a good movie, and you'll make more, and then you have more villains in Getting it. Getting so frustrated. And Burton started that, too, because the second one, remember, he had yeah. Penguin and Catwoman. Both had to be in yeah. there. And then, and then it just got out of control. Then it was like <laughs> Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy and Bane, and it, just, it was just a madhouse. <laughs> Taking this way too serious. Yeah, you are. Hey, here's your boy, Kevin Feige's in the hey, news. Hey, I know. Marvel Studios chief was named chief creative officer for all of Marvel. On Wasn't Tuesday. he already? No, because was he, he didn't, before. He didn't control Marvel TV. It was, it was a separate oh. department. He was the movie guy, and Jeff Loeb was in charge of Marvel Television. He did Agents of Shield and Agent Carter and all that stuff. All the Marvel shows that were on television was uh, under his purview. Gotcha. So now Kevin Feige has taken over the whole show. Well, it's all streaming now. It's part of Disney Plus. Yeah, it makes right? sense because it's all mostly going to be on one outlet. And they're yeah. using that to feed into the film. So exactly. it totally makes sense. It makes sense that he gets to uh, orchestrate everything. More movie news. The Adams Family animated film has done so well for itself. They're already working on a sequel. Oh, yeah. They've got a release date of October 2021 for the second animated Adams Family movie. Made $30 million at the box office this past weekend. So... It's already on its way to making $100 million. Yeah. They're going to make another one. More casting news. Neil Patrick Harris is joining the cast of Matrix 4. Really? Yeah. That seems distracting. Is it a musical? <laughs> that seems distracting for Matrix 4. <laughs> I, don't, I don't quite understand <laughs> how that works. I don't get that one. Uh, Keanu Reeves, of course, is coming back. So is Carrie Ann Moss. And apparently, uh, Yaya, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get this right. Yaya, I think it's Yaya Abdul-Mateen will be, according to rumors, playing a young Morpheus. Oh. So it would be somehow they're going back in time. They're going back in time? Yeah. <sighs> Before the yellow pill, the red pill, and the blue pill. Let's just go back to the original one and leave it at that. You don't know, man. I do. And lastly, Grease is getting a spinoff. Speaking of musicals, okay. HBO Max is doing Grease, Rydell High. It's going to be a series, a musical series 
set in the 50s, set at Rydell High, where the famous movie Grease, of course, took place in 1978. Do we need that? Well, that's going to be awful. Oh, my God. They're going to write original songs each week for the kids to sing at Rydell High. Uh, the guys who own the original songs from the original musical aren't letting them use any of them. Oh, songs. God. This is our, so, just pull the plug now is, and save everybody some time and money. Man, they're just, just careening towards a tree. They're on two skis. They've lost their oh poles, and they're just heading down fast. Give, uh, give you the money and come up with a show. Oh, my God. We don't need any more grease. No. We really don't. It was fine. It was barely fine in 78. We all sort of enjoyed it because we didn't know any better. There's no clamoring for grease. Oh they should do it like the real grease, though, and make all the kids at Rideau Hub be played by, like, 40-year-old <laughs> actors. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Let's take a look at all the celebrity birthdays today. All these stars born on October 16th. Bassist Flea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers is 57 years old today. Give it away, give it away, give it away. That's quite enough. <laughs> You're okay. Actress Angela Lansbury is 94 years old. Man, still kicking. God bless her. Guitarist Bob Weir of the Grateful Dead is 72. Driving that train, how cocaine. Casey Jones, you better watch your speed. Actress Suzanne Summers from Three's Company is 72. Three years old today. Man. How can someone I masturbated to be 73 years old? You don't still masturbate to her, do you? Not any longer, no. But back in the day, <laughs> Chrissy Snow <laughs> loomed large in my masturbatory fantasies. Yeah, the thigh master, too. Oh, yeah. And forget. Get between those thighs. Squeeze me like a thigh master, <laughs> I used to say to her. Singer-songwriter John Mayer is 42 years old today. Wow, the music today just blows. <laughs> so we keep He plays with the Grateful Dead now, right? Does he? Yeah, I think so. I think he sits in with the Grateful Dead. Does not surprise me. Yeah. They all belong in the same show with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> uh, producer, director, writer David Zucker is 72 years old today. One of the funniest filmmakers ever. Yes. The movie Airplane is a perfect goddamn comedy. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's hard to make those types of comedies anymore because that is such a perfect version of that type of Can't film. Can't do any better. And even the ones they did afterwards, Top Secret and uh, several other. They have their moments, but to be funny from beginning to end like that. Can't it's... beat Airplane. Singer Wendy Wilson, daughter of legendary Beach Boy Brian Wilson. She was in a band herself called Wilson Phillips. She's 50 years old today. Someday somebody's going to make you want to turn around and say goodbye. Until that baby, are you going to let him hold you down and make you cry? Don't you know, don't you know, things to change, things are going away. If you hold on for one more day, can you hold on for one more day? Things are going away. Hold on for one more day. Have to admit, I kind of liked that song when it was on the radio yeah. back in the day. Uh, Actor-director Tim Robbins is 61. Guitarist Gary Kemp of the Kemp Brothers from Spandau Ballet. He's 60 years old today. Go! Always believe in your soul. You've got the power to know you're indestructible. Always believe in you are gold. 
Actress Kelly Martin from Christie and Life Goes On. She's 44 years old. And bassist C.F. Turner of Bachman Turner Overdrive is 76. BTO! <laughs> now we're talking. Now we got some music right here. Come on. CB. Yeah. Here's CFT. Also the name of a bad Jim Belushi movie. BTO? Oh, T TCB. Oh, take, take care of business. Take care of business. Oh, I got you. Oof. I'm sorry. That, there's a bad Jim Belushi movie? <laughs> I find that hard to believe. I know, it's shocking. Man's a national treasure. I know, it's hard to believe. Was that, did that have a talking dog in it or something? <laughs> Seems like most of his friends have talking dogs. That would have made it better. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And around here on Wednesdays, it's one of my favorite days of the week because we get a chance to talk about one of my favorite subjects, and that's one-hit wonders. It's the one-hit wonder! One-hit wonder! One-hit wonders. It's a very common tale. It is indeed. We've been focusing in the past few weeks on actors and other celebrities. Music not their first calling, and yet somehow they managed to get a song to the top of the charts anyway. This one is spectacular. The year is 1987, Eddie. And this gentleman could do no wrong. Had a smash hit TV series. Had movies in the pipeline. He was one of show business, show business's rather biggest names and stars. And so he said, well, you know what? I can do anything I want. So he got together with Motown, of all people, and released an album of eclectic R&B music sung by himself with some of the best backing musicians in the business like Booker T. Jones. He sang with the Pointer Sisters singing behind him. The Temptations backed him up. He did an HBO special about the making of this album and performed it. Oh, I know who it is. Jennifer called in. She wanted to hear this. <laughs> hey, Ralph. Jennifer from Kentucky. Have an idea for uh, One Hit Wonders. Since you're doing famous uh, actors who are singing songs, I would like to hear Bruce Willis's Respect Yourself, which came off of his Return of Bruno album and actually reached number five. Love you. Mean it. Bye. It did indeed, Jennifer. The Return of Bruno. I remember. I knew it. The Smash album peaked at number 14 on the U.S. Billboard 200 album chart, but the lead single off that record, Respect Yourself, did indeed reach number five on the Billboard Hot 100 and reached number seven on the U.K. singles chart. It was an international hit as wow. well. It is Bruce Willis buried deeply <laughs> behind some great musicians and some great backup singers. The original Respect Yourself, by the way, done by the Staple Singers, one of the great R&B tunes. Doesn't hold a candle to that version, but it was a hit anyway. Here he is. Here's Bruno himself with his mouth harp. You know, you have to remember how big Moonlighting was. Yeah. I think 1987. Had he already done Die I Hard? I think by that Die point? Hard, it was either just out or was coming out. Yeah. Anyway, he was really at the top of his game. Here it is Respect Yourself by Bruno. I don't know why 
Do they Ooh. have him singing in the hallway oh. of the recording studio? <laughs> Could you go back a little farther out? Right, go almost there. A little Try the parking lot. Close, close the door. You can barely make him out. <laughs> yeah, I this think is before auto tunes, you could just they just put a ton of echo on him and just said, "Let's just bury it. Let's just let him just be as far in the background oh as possible." God. I think I could give him a run for the money if you put me that far back. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. Well, okay, Come maybe on. it's a little much. Uh, the, but the follow-up singles off that same album, Young Blood and Under the Boardwalk, did Ooh. not fare nearly as well, Ooh. peaking at number 68 and 59 in the U.S. anyway, except in the U.K. Oh, England, you're so disappointing. You should know better. The uh, Under the Boardwalk single reached number two on the charts in the U.K. It maybe, did better than Respect Yourself Maybe it did. reached it ironically. Maybe. Maybe they were laughing maybe at it the whole British time. that British sense of humor. Anyway, off the same album, Return of Bruno, here is uh, Bruce Willis <sighs> singing Under the Boardwalk, the classic Drifters song. Under the boardwalk, down by the sea, all of like you and my baby. outside the studio i almost feel sorry for him if he wasn't such a dick i would feel bad for him i don't feel because the ego on someone to sing like that they have to know they can't fucking sing well and the ego on them doesn't let them know that he doesn't he thinks he's that's what i'm saying he's a singer so i don't feel sorry for him you know he had a follow-up album in 1989 his second album also released by motown was called if it doesn't kill you it just makes you stronger (laughs) was that a reference to the first sadly He was right. He's still alive. And uh, I don't know how strong he is, but at least he put down the microphone and hasn't recorded any other albums since. So that's the good news. And that's it for today's One Hit Wonder. It's the One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. Thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome back, Eddie Pence. We're glad to have you back here in the Batcave. Tomorrow, we're going to be at it again. It is a Thursday that means we're going to take another gander at human sexuality by opening up the doors of Ralph Sex University. Steve Ashton will be stopping by with Ask a Brit, all the entertainment news, of course, and much, much more. It's going to be a good one. Not guaranteed. So come on back. I don't think you'll be disappointed <laughs> in the show tomorrow, I guarantee. Love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>